Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour. Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or a comic book property. With me, as always, is Ryan. Hey, My Taylor. Name's Taylor. Oh, hi, T- Taylor. With me, as always, is Taylor. Hey, there you thanks, go. Ryan. No thanks problem. For having, thanks for having me on. Also, with me is Greg. And with us occasionally is Greg. Greg, Greg you know I'm what? back, everybody. Greg is always here. <laughs> In spirit. Greg, Greg, you took the week off to go on vacation. To romance my wife. Which yeah. uh, typically means rehab, but we won't say that word. <laughs> um, I was exhausted, you guys. Are you refreshed and ready for a great show, or are you so pissed that you have to be here tonight? I'm refreshed, but I am phoning it in. Okay, good. That's a, a, another option. That's, uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've been phoning this in the whole time. <laughs> I've never not. I've never once not phoned it in. I listened to the show last week, and I have to say, if you guys were phoning it in, I want to get on that phone plan because it sounded marvelous. It's five family G- plan. It's five G. To it's be fair, five Gs. It's really fucking with the satellite telemetry <laughs> of like the the weather people. They really do not like it. They don't like all those Gs. Uh, have you guys seen like legitimately like the organization? Of of like meteorologists or whatever was like, hey, please do not roll out 5G networks because it like it's gonna fuck up the Dopplers. It like legitimately fucks up the Doppler, and they're like, you're gonna set our like ability to predict weather like 20 years back, which already is pretty bad. Yeah, it's not great. So like, I don't want it any worse. <laughs> but also the 5G, like, it's a magnet for like asteroids, right? So they're yeah. just gonna come raining <laughs> down soon. It's just anytime that they create 5G like network speeds, it's like a you're going to be able to get to that YouTube so fast. Yeah. And that's great. But it does open up a little dimensional portal and it just sucks in like demons and they come out and they like murder your family. Have you guys heard that real G's ride in silence like lasagna? You know, I did hear that. <laughs> I've heard that. I heard it from the same place that I heard. Um, <laughs> I swam from her butt. <laughs> These are both in fortune cookies you guys De- have eaten? I heard that death is a lady and time is her sister. Did you guys hear that? What a fucking family picture. What a fucking family <laughs> could picture. You, could you imagine? Could you, I couldn't even begin to I, imagine. Not today. Not on Not on this day. <laughs> the holiest of days. The holiest of days. I did not understand that lasagna line for such a long time before I was like, hey, Greg, the G in lasagna style. Oh. That's how, that's how I get most rap lyrics. Like, seriously... Yeah. Like five years later, I'll be driving along, and then suddenly I'll be like, "Oh wow, that was actually really clever." <laughs> this is why we need more time in chairs smoking pipes because it <laughs> seems boring, but then rap lines just yeah. become amazing to you. That uh, I think the moment that Lil Wayne, as a as an artist, clicked for me as a poet, uh, yeah, was when uh, I heard the line, and when I was five, my favorite movie was The Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't got shit to do with this. I just thought I should mention <laughs> that was the just, next line. That was the next line. He just. He just in the middle of the song is like, I really liked the movie Gremlins when I was five. So I admit he, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about now. He, he has a lot in common in then there. with every single person I've ever met or hang out with. Just announce for no reason that you like this item of pop culture. Yeah. When Point I was, of order. It's Gremlins, right? It's not the Gremlins. Yeah, he also fucked up the title. Well, yeah. no, I think he's taking some poetic license. I think it had to fit in with the, the meter. It's the Ghostbusters, but it's not. Ghostbusters. No, 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 you know, dude, you're no, fucking it, that up too. There's no way that there's the Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's the all new Goonies. Yes, Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, the all new, all different Goonies. Right, and then <laughs> Gremlins. He is also it, puts another syllable in there. Is yeah. it just Gremlins? Some Ghostbusters. Here's yeah. a movie about some Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's not all of them. Here's a movie about uh Ghostbusters. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Ghostbuster. 
<laughs> After a hard day of busting ghosts, I like to go home and drink a delicious Zima. You know what? Zima makes me feel good. <laughs> Nobody's ever drank one Zima. You're either, yeah. It's either zero or 14. I'll, sometimes I'll sit down and just have one Zima <laughs> with dinner. Mm, what a Can delicious you, malt beverage. Listen, I, Greg, I know that you're joking. If there's anyone out there who drinks one Zima with dinner, <laughs> I just want to talk. Do you guys... Can well, you know at this point, life. they're like legacy Zimas, right? Because yeah, they don't they make don't... new Zimas, so it's like a Surge Cola thing. Yeah. Can oh, you, man. Do you Surge remember Cola? what the taste was? Z- of Zima? Uh-huh. It's kind of like, like... It was like Sprite. Was yeah. it alcoholic Crystal Pepsi? It was alcoholic Sprite is what I, I think it was. That's also, did you guys... Weird. Do you think that that rapper felt good when he got uh, he got away with the line "Bustin' makes me feel good," <laughs> and then they're just like, "Oh yeah, ghost busting. And he's like, "Right, sure. <laughs> yeah. Bustin' yeah. sure makes me feel good. Bustin' makes me feel good." And we know now that he was talking about this entire like trained cult that he had made. I already busted in this room. You guys should go bust somewhere else. You hey. can't, listen, you can't both bust in you the same room. We're not both gonna bust in here. Also, busting makes me feel sad and depressed. So <laughs> I'm not gonna do it in here. Man, oh, there man. is no come down <laughs> like the post bust come down. You're just like, I feel good. This is awesome. And then a one half a second later, you're like, I'm an animal. This is awful. <laughs> I should, those were people. Busting makes me feel not good. <laughs> oh, well, you know what makes me really feel good? Busting? W- watching Legion and Busting. We're going to be talking about that, but before we get to that, the super serious Shishi Bullpen. Now we're here in the super serious Shishi Bullpen, the part of the show where we kick back and have a little fun with some saggies. That's right. This week we are doing a. What are seggies? Seggies are segments. Oh, that's what you yeah, call I'm segments. Sorry, I'm sorry. I should have explained. I really should have explained that that's what I call I thought segments. you were referring to the Segway scooters upon yeah. which each of us stands. You know, that was my fault. That <laughs> that's was how you record a podcast. Fault. So when you say, let's get to the seggies, you mean jump on our Segway scooters, get back to the studio so we can record segments. That's what you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. That's. Uh, I'm sorry if I was unclear on that. We have that's to hurry. Everybody lean forward a little bit more. <laughs> lean, lean, not too much. Not too much. Not though. too much. Don't those, do a President Bush. Those, those gyroscopes, they only do so much work. <laughs> uh, this week, we're doing a little thing called a draft, which is a thing that I have never once understood how to do correctly, <laughs> but... I take it we are going to go around in a serpentine fashion, and we are mm-hmm. going to draft a collection of things onto a team, and then at the end, whoever has the best team of those things is going to win. This week, we are doing a draft of environmentalist heroes. Wow. Like, but like not real people? I mean... Like senators and shit? Well, I mean, you can throw that out if you want to, and we'll see if it's allowed, but um, well, I mean, that's that's up to you to Maybe some to AOC action? This is all because of Swamp Thing, who is an iconic He makes mark, my heart sing. Um, but hasn't really done it yet on the show. He just no. he doesn't give a shit about like flowers and stuff. No, yet. he's mostly like ripping dudes in half. Yeah, he's he's mostly like a dude ripper. You guys are like my Wikipedia for this show. Yeah. And I can't believe some of the stuff I'm hearing come out of this show. He just phone book ripped a dude in fucking half. Uh-huh. In more than and half. And then that like, character like, came back as another character. Like, but then he, found a phone book and mulched it because yeah. environment. He he ripped a dude into about 10 pieces, and then that dude uh, got fused together with bugs. Yeah. And then had bug eyes. Yeah. Um, I don't, Taylor, you might be too young for this, but when me and Greg, me and Greg was kids, uh, this was... All of the heroes. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. In the 90s, they just decided that everyone fights for green. I or sometimes there would be episodes where there was like drug dealers, 
I remember there was an episode of G.I. Joe where drug dealers appeared and Cobra and G.I. Joe joined forces yes. to fight the drug dealers. They're like, listen, we're A terrorist enemies. organization joined with the special forces of the U.S. Army just to fight a drug the, maker. We're all, we're all enemies, but we can all agree drug dealing is no good. Drugs or episodes where G.I. Joe or Cobra would like blow up buildings. That's bad, Cobra. We have to fight you. Or not recycle correctly. That's bad, Cobra. We have to fight you. Or not allow their eyes to water when sand had been kicked in them. What the fuck? You got to hold your eye open and let it water. All right. So now that I think we've adequately explained (laughs) what the draft is going to be about, Ryan, why don't you kick us off with our first pick? I mean, I have like it's got to be Captain Planet. You have to do that first. Oh man, that's there's just no way. He has all the powers of the elements. He has all the elements of uh, hanging out with teenagers, which was also a big thing in '90s cartoons. Is I am an adult, and you high school kids look fun to me. You know what's cool? about Captain Planet, he fucking sucks, right? <laughs> He's awful, but they were like, this guy's too cool to give the kids for the entire episode. So it's going to have to be that they like Voltron together at the end and form Captain Planet. Otherwise, this show called Captain Planet is just going to have way too much Captain Planet. <laughs> and by the way, this is not live action. It, you can animate whatever you want. Like uh-huh. They could have had Captain Planet the entire for time. For sure, yeah. They didn't have a special effects budget. They just had like pens and pencils and stuff. It also was, it was the beginning of everything needs to be ecological, but the very end of all heroes have mullets. So he has a yep. full-on green mullet the entire time. It's <sighs> sexy. What a, what a weird-ass choice that like all of America went through for a while. It the weirdest thing about it is like in the 80s and 90s we knew like oh shit, we have to stop like gassing the planet. We like can't keep poisoning the planet. And so what we did is we made a bunch of entertainment about mm-hmm. that and then we like brushed off our hands. We were like good, finish that. No. No. No guys, you're still killing the planet. We were like, "Oh, I think Captain Planet has this under control, well, everybody." The problem was that uh so the war on drugs just before the war on people who hate the, the environment. Earth, War on Drugs was so successful, so they said, all right, let's do it then. And then they found out that it wasn't just black dudes destroying the environment. So they're like, all right, we'll forget about it then. And whatever. All right, so Ryan has Captain Planet. Greg, tell us what you are picking on your team. This guy you may not think of as an environmental hero, but he spent one full video game defending the environment. This is Mario Mario, canonically his name, first and last are Mario. And the game is Mario Sunshine, yep. where Mario gets a little water pack, and he goes on vacation. Poor Mario. No matter what he does, he's like also got to fight Bowser. He goes on vacation to the Sunshine Island, and there's just fucking like weird goop everywhere, and he has to blast it off with his new friend, the water pack, who would sometimes like let him rocket up into the air. Oh, sometimes yeah. he could sometimes just hover. Sometimes let him? Yeah. Sometimes what? Sometimes let him like this pack was in charge. Yeah, kind well, of. A yeah. Bit, yeah, it was. It was sort of a sentient pack. It's sort of his game. Yeah, it had a personality. It was like sort of like a robot that he wore. Yeah, and I then, can't remember the the pack's name. Off the me neither. Head. Let's just say it was Pumpy, Little Pumpy, Little Pumpy, um, <laughs> Little Pumpy. His SoundCloud songs, by the way, amazing. Would ride around on his back and just sort of like spray goop off of stuff. Off of Aqua Delfino or whatever. This comes from the 80s and 90s tradition where littering or like pollution is just shown as like kind of purpley blackish Mm -hmm. goop that you could just like sort of brush off something and you're like, yep, took care of the pollution over here. It comes in a big like tank or barrel and then it gets kicked over and now it's everywhere. Yeah, for sure. So I got Mario specifically from Mario Sunshine. All right. Well, uh, you've got Mario from Mario Sunshine. Hello. You've got Mario. You've got Mario. (laughs) You're talking to Mario. Bing bong. Uh, Well, I'm going to go a a pretty similar uh, direction from from Greg. It's not Mario. It's Luigi Mario. (laughs) Uh, uh, 
It actually is Luigi Mario. <laughs> because he's cleaning up those ghosts. He's busting them ghosts. Oh, busting makes him feel great. Because he went to that he went to that old house. He bought an old house. He's like, I'm going to clean this up because this is like just like land pollution. Uh-huh. And he's going to clean it up. And he like he cleans the entire goddamn house and makes it all nice. He's 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 cleaning up all that litter. So ghosts are pollution then? That's what we're saying? Yeah, ghosts are ghosts are dirty, dirty pollution and they need to be busted. We should mention he fights them with a vacuum cleaner. Yes. Oh, I see. So, so he is clean he's literally cleaning up the entire place. And and he uses the vacuum to just like vacuum up like coins and like dust and such. This confirmed once and for all that Luigi sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody. Also, I love how like Mario gets to go on vacation and have these mansions, and Luigi like there's clearly a pay difference here. Yeah. Oh he, yeah. He buys a shitty house and he has to like try to refurbish it. It's not good. He d- he d- he doesn't have a good time, Luigi. Uh, so now I get to go again. You get that's to how, go twice. Yeah. That's how serpentine. It works. feels like cheating, but I guess it's not. It's not. I guess for some reason I'm gonna pick. Uh, and she's you can you can argue whether or not she's a hero, quote unquote. But I'm gonna pick Poison Ivy. Because ah. she's a person who loves the environment, is all about that environment, and yeah, she will kill a bunch of people. But that's because those people are bad to the environment. That's Part of being true. an environmental hero is saying, I will protect all of the plants At and animals. At all costs. And also, I will kill all humans. Like, yeah. Okay, I guess. Uh, it's yeah, a good idea. It makes sense. All right. Yeah. But point of order, I don't think you have to kill all humans to be an environmentalist. Mm. My next environmental hero points out that you actually only have to kill Half of all people. Uh, doing it for the environment. Doing it for all of us. Oh, Thanos. Uh, you know what? Saving the environment, it's a snap with Thanos. Okay? Hey! Uh, he, only he did what it takes to make sure that pollution is going to go down to zero by killing half the folk. I got to say, the whole point of this is uh, sending all of our teams into like a fight. And having Thanos on your team is, that's a good call. Probably an like, advantage. Luigi runs up with his vacuum. Yeah. Also going to have Mario, <laughs> who's going to watch his brother just be absolutely murdered by Thanos. Oof. Yeah, that's going to be a, that's gonna be a bad, bad time for my team. It seems. I know what it feels like to lose someone you love. All right, Ryan, who are you taking for your next pick? I have a guy who has multiple names. I never understood which one was which. Um, this is a guy that like I think we were supposed to like, but either I was too young or just didn't get it. Uh, but there was a huge contingency that thought that the toxic Avenger slash Crusader was going to be the one who would solve all the world's problems. And it's one of those, like, isn't it funny that it's so low budget? Yeah. I don't really know. But he did have a lot of action figures, cartoons. He did go mainstream uh, with his mop weapon. And he looks gross, but he like chicks still dig him. He looks gross, but has a super hot girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. And Which I think is, that like, fun, right? if we look at the canon, he's way more powerful than Thanos, right? I don't, like, I just don't could know. Destroy he's got more mop skills. That's for sure. You cannot deny his mop skills. Yeah. He's definitely got mad, like, big Do we know energy. anybody who's, like, a trauma head? I mean, you would be the guy, are you, Taylor? No. If yeah. You were, yeah, if we were, like, 44, you'd be a huge trauma head. Yeah, that, I feel like that seems like an insult. That seems, <laughs> like, that seems like a mean thing that you're saying about me. I feel like I have you on my show, and then you just say mean stuff about me. The yeah. problem with trauma movies is that they are feature length. So, like, you have to watch yeah, two dude. hours worth of stuff. But in a lot of ways, we're living in Troma's America. That's it's traumatizing. Good one. Nice. Ryan, since it's a serpentine, you're going again, buddy. Who are you, who you picking? Everyone is defending the land and air. But I'm going to pick oh. the Toxic Avenger of the Sea. Guys, Aqualad. it is Echo the Dolphin. Oh! Yes. Oh, shit! The, uh, 
Thank you, Echo. Get the fuck out of here now. Uh, this is a guy who uh, was the star of a video game back when I played video games that I was supposed to appreciate graphics and severe lack of gameplay. Uh-huh. I didn't, so I turned it off immediately every time. But uh, he was all about like ridding the sea of bullshit. Yeah, Echo the Dolphin was a bullshit game, right? Yeah. Th- this the was graphics the, were so good. This was the first game I can remember people going crazy about and then playing for like four minutes before being like, this fucking sucks. Because there's no, the game doesn't tell you what the point is. No. You're just a dolphin who screams at things. Yeah. And like when I was a child playing that game, I was like, I, I like it when the dolphin screams at things. Yeah, mm-hmm. that part was good. But I, like, I was like, I could never figure out what, how to move on. And yeah. so I was like, I'd rather play my Richard Scary games. Also, it was uh, like one of those puzzle games before I knew that was a thing. Yeah. So it wasn't that I couldn't figure out the puzzles. I didn't think to look for puzzles. Yeah. So when you start the game, there's like two things that you can do, and then you're just fucked. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, okay, graphics are good, I guess. And then you turn it off. I want to jump up and hit things with my brain. Right. That's what we did in video games back then. Yeah. I, I want to I brain that block. All right. Greg, your turn. Who is your third pick on your team? It, definitely up there with Thanos is a titan of the green movement. Uh, at a time when it maybe wasn't popular, uh, this guy emerged, played ably by David Schwimmer on the show 30 Rock. I'm, of course, speaking of Greenzo, who popularized the catchphrase, Greenzo out. Uh, he wanted to do whatever it took. Did the power go to his head? Maybe. It happened to Thanos as well. Uh, but Greenzo, he tried to make a difference. Unfortunately, he was stopped by the media elites, but I think that he had a real good shot to do something. I got to give it up to David Schwimmer's agent who said, all right, we made a lot of money playing the weakest, weakest man Uh on TV. Now let's flip the script. You're going to play the toughest motherfucker in TV history, Greenzo. What if you were in nothing for three years and then suddenly you appeared in a minor role on 30 Rock and basically stole the fucking show? Greenzo out. It, It is incredible, the level to which Greenzo revitalized David Schwimmer's career. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, everyone's like, let's get some schwim in this. <laughs> what if, what if we let's had start a, swimming. What if we added a little bit of swim? We got a lot of women in this. What if we had some swimming in this? Uh, oh, man. Girls that dress like Ross from Friends. <laughs> That's a thing. That's my new thing. That's I'm all about it. All right. My next pick is going to be someone who has been uh, for decades at this point an environmental ally, and someone who's all about protecting the Earth. It's Godzilla, you guys. Yeah, I saw this. I I thought this was going to be your first pick. I almost put it on my list, and I was like, Greg, you've never seen a Godzilla movie, and you have a Godzilla head. It's... And great job by you. Like, I think you're finally understanding how the draft works. Yeah, because I knew no one else... Wait till the third round. No one else is going to take Godzilla. Uh, Which is why I went immediately with Luigi from Luigi's Mansion. (laughs) Uh, But Godzilla... It, he's from the very beginning. He was all about, hey guys, quit polluting stuff with nuclear energy. I'm and fucking trying to sleep in this ocean. Yeah, and well, but the most recent movie though, they really hit it on the head. He's where, just planting trees. Yeah, where they, where they had like the mom was like, hey, I'm, spoiler alert for the new Godzilla movie. By the way, she's okay. like, hey, I've betrayed you guys because I actually think that these monsters. They're the cure, and humanity's the illness. Oh, no. <laughs> and she was just like, yeah, the Earth is going to die soon, so why don't we just like live, let the monsters have a try? And you know what? Godzilla's fixing it. And that was ah. Momthra? That was that character's name? Yeah, that was Momthra. I, I don't, like... Mommy Bobby, Bobby Brown. I'm not sure how much Godzilla does for the environment, but the director of the first movie clearly had it in his mind, right? He was like, hey, guys, maybe we should stop fucking up the world because this monster might come out. Oh, yeah. Like, they're they they are, they are very explicitly like... He was like, hey, 
remember how that other nation obliterated two of our cities with nuclear power? Maybe we shouldn't embrace that same power. <laughs> yeah, like what? What if we didn't do that? Uh, but now San Francisco's just fucked, and they were like, whatever. It, it grows. <laughs> it grows trees now, and that's better. <laughs> so that's Godzilla. All right. I'm going to pick one more real quick, and it's going to be the protagonist from the Animal Crossing series. Boom! You fucking Yay. idiots. All about fucking growing trees and just, like, living off the land and, and pulling up weeds. This is a fucking cool-ass dude or lady, whichever one you However you do it. It's your avatar, and it's fucking dope as hell, and they're also, like, sticking it to the capitalists. They're like, fuck you, Tom Nook. I'm not going to pay off this house payment. I live rent-free. Fuck then- you, good video games. I'm not going to play you. Yeah. Anyway. Fuck you, fun. Hey, I lo- I, you, you're just stupid and bad. Hey, Greg, pick your next one. I thought that when you gave your introduction for Godzilla that you were going to be stealing my last pick, fighting effortlessly, effortlessly, effortfully for years to save the environment, despite the fact that she is permanently a small child, Lisa Simpson... Oh, yeah. Trying to get it done for the environment. Uh, Vegetarian. Listen, not only is meat murder, but it's the single worst thing you can do for the environment. Lisa was way out in front of that. Uh, Every time Mr. Burns is like, I'm just going to literally pour toxic sludge into a tree, she was like, hey, don't, because see how that tree has tentacles now? You shouldn't do that. And everyone is like, Lisa, could you please shut up? And she's like, well, I just think the world is ending, so maybe we should try to, like, circumvent that. And they're like, please don't, little girl. What if you didn't? Also a great lesson for, like, uh, how uh, we sound, liberal sound, to the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, we are all Lisas, and people are so, they're like, good idea, but you're so annoying. Please stop talking to me. Lisa Simpson popularized the line, uh, I made everyone gazpacho. It's tomato soup served ice cold. <laughs> That I is that what gazpacho is? That's what gazpacho is. Yeah, I I've always it's known a vodkaless it as a, bloody mary. I've yeah. <laughs> I've always known gazpacho as a fun thing to say and nothing else. Yeah, but you don't want to say Gestapo. Oh, be that's careful. A, that's a different thing. Don't mix those up. I get I I've been drinking the wrong thing. <laughs> Ryan, what's your final pick? My final pick is going to be when the Earth is in trouble, or when your planet, whatever it is, is in trouble. You have no choice but to. Uh, Shoot a white guy to the planet, into the script, and just make sure that the white guy saves the day. And my last pick, Taylor, is your favorite actor. It's Sam Worthington as Jake Soley. Wow. In the hit movie Avatar. Wow. Who uh, puts on some glasses or something and then goes to a planet and saves the world from people who are trying to steal... Unobtainium? Unobtainium. Unobtainium. Yes. It's very hard to obtain. I could have done uh, Sam Worthington all the way through my list, but I I just picked You really, he's got such a depth of of portrayal. And who could could forget that that name? Or who could forget even a single detail from Avatar? A movie that I think we all vividly remember and have enjoyed upon multiple viewings. Well, every Christmas, my family... I personally love fucking horses. That's one thing that I am all about. And that movie gives it to me all the time. So, Taylor, do you have your supervillain team-up computer ready? Can you pull yes. that up so we can yeah, put this I, info in? I'm just going to put this in real quick. All right, Ryan, who do you have? My team is Captain Planet, uh-huh. the Toxic Avenger, Echo the Dolphin, and Jake Soley, parentheses, Avatar, parentheses, do you guys remember Avatar? <laughs> parentheses, oh. I just blew myself. Yeah. All right, I'm going to have to uh, put all of that in. All right, and who does Greg have on his team? Greg has Mario Mario from Sunshine Island. Oh, yeah, very good. Thanos. Ah. Greenzo. And Lisa Simpson. Wow, all right, and, and who is on my team? Your team is Luigi Mario. Yes. That's Poison Ivy. It's a fucking Civil War here, dude. Yes. <laughs> Poison Ivy, Godzilla, 
and whoever you are from Animal Crossing. I like how we each have one very strong person on our team, and then, and then three people that are like, I wouldn't even know how to fight alongside this guy. Yeah. It's like, this pr- This guy probably is just, like, gonna run. <laughs> like, he's not built He's not built in any but way for, for combat. If you run need, for the environment. You to help the environment. Like, you can't be in the area adjacent to the area where Captain Planet, Thanos, and Godzilla are fighting. Like, you can't even be on the same planet yeah. as that and hope to live. Like, imagine the, the character from Animal Crossing... <laughs> <laughs> Showing up to the team meeting, you're like, "Hey, Godzilla, I'm re- I'm ready to fight for the environment with you." So, Animal Crossing, Lisa Simpson, and a dolphin out of water are like, "Oh, we're so fucked." All right, well, I'm gonna plug this right. Oh, and it looks like Godzilla wins. Oh, look at that. All right, wow. well, that's uh, Taylor. Congratulations, dude. The win goes to me because Godzilla is unbeatable. He is the king of all monsters. So that is all the time that we have for our beautiful draft. Now we're gonna move on to our main event, which is talking about the Legion season three premiere. Quiet your mind. Now reach out with your thought. They have us immigrants. Turn your thoughts to me. Let me take your pain. I am your world killer. On the season three premiere of Legion. A time-traveling girl named Switch, who is definitely not going to be revealed as a robot at any point, meets up with David, who is now a cult leader selling mind juice drugs behind a magic dry cleaner. The rest of the crew is hunting and successfully killing David, but our new friend Switch keeps saving him. After Amal Farouk speaks to her in the astral realm, she returns and manages to help David teleport the whole dang house away right in the nick of time. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Do you think we'll get a different indie pop band music video every week or just the same one every week? <laughs> it was well done. And it felt like, it almost felt like after watching this, that that song from, I don't know, it's Super new, right? like a year ago. Yeah. It's probably a year old, was built for Legion. Yeah. But it also had this feeling, and maybe this is why it's good that Legion is wrapping it up, that uh, this is what Legion does, you know? Yeah, it's. I'm I'm still not the magic has not left me like when that happened me neither. like when it started I was like okay yeah I like this but it is at this point I've come to expect it a little bit and right. it's no longer it's the, it's the surprises that keep me befuddled and sort of angry and yeah. bored and elated and so before the music starts I didn't I don't I didn't recognize the the faces of superorganism yeah um but when they when uh Switch is walking through this like dry cleaner or closed door, and uh, this person who she wants to talk to keeps disappearing, and like she just goes away. It's like if you're in uh, Fry's Electronics, just like uh, yes. I have a question and <laughs> you're never there. That's the stuff that I love. But when they started singing, it was all done great. It was all like very professionally done. But like, yeah, I get this Legion. Yeah, it, it that moment made me think. I'm glad that this show is going to wrap it up as it is because i think if it goes on much longer they will run out of ways to make that stuff interesting and new i think they still have it currently but i i'm starting to see some of the seams i think what we have to remember is that this is the granddaddy of weird comic book tv right and that at this point we have watched legion do what legion does and we have watched Umbrella Academy do what Legion does. We've watched Doom Patrol do what Legion does. And with the latter, Doom Patrol, like, arguably better, you know, being just as weird, but also, like, making more sense and keeping the viewer. But 
at, for the three big musical numbers that have taken place as for the premieres of this show, this honestly, for me, it ranked up there very highly with, with the other two. Yeah. I liked it better. I didn't like it as much as the first season. What were the other two? Do you remember the songs? The first season was the, like the Bollywood one, right? Yeah. Oh, inside okay. the, the mental institution where when that happened, like I felt, I feel like now we, there's been a lot of Bollywood saturation in, in Hollywood. Now a lot of movies and TV shows just bust into musical numbers and then specifically have like that tinge of Bollywood feel. But I feel like Legion was the first one to really lean on it and just have it happen and not really like explain yeah. like if it's going on in universe or what's really happening. Or put their face like close to the camera and be like, huh? Yeah. Right? Do you see how like how much we know? Season two was like the dance off. Oh, yeah. right, 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 right. Yeah. Which wasn't, I felt like season two was the weakest. Yeah. This was better than season two. The song is a banger. It was shot like just a legit music video. Yeah. The way it was situated into the Legion weirdness, but like a weirdness now that is more palatable than it used to be, or at least more understandable. Yeah. See, it's like, why not do a music video in like a Buffalo exchange at the end of the universe? Yeah. This why was not? the thing like, about this episode and I'm not complaining uh, like, uh, or complimenting right now. I just think that th- this was the case. There was a million reasons why this episode was, Hey, if you have never seen Legion or dropped off Legion, it's time to come back this week. Yeah. And so they were dem- they like they did a bunch of recaps. A lot of people were talking about what had happened. Man, a lot didn't... of people were apologizing. And then also the musical number was like, we also do this shit too. Yeah. They didn't start the episode with a previously on. And I was like, I can't believe that this show has the fucking balls. Because I've seen them all and I need a preview. Yeah. yeah. And uh, instead, what they did is just they embedded into the middle of the episode long expository scenes, which Legion has never done. Where they explain exactly what's going has happened yeah. in the first two seasons, which is like I, I guess that is for like you're right. It's for people who are checking in now. They're like, I heard good things, but I don't want to watch the Probably rest of it. Probably what they heard, and I think this is a legitimate reason to start season three. Probably what they heard is that the good guy becomes the bad guy. Yes. I do think that's very interesting, and I'm 100 percent there for that. I still feel like there is so much power behind David Holler saying. I deserve to be loved. Yes. A very innocuous and what sounds like true statement, but when it's being screamed at somebody who is like ruining the world with his mental powers is the most terrifying thing you can fucking say. And his whole like, I really enjoy that. Is this a cult? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big moment. Yes. Because no one ever says yes. No, no one ever says yes. And uh, also... Aubrey Plaza is, I'm so glad that they finally figured out a way to just make her be an always character. Yeah. Because she is crushing it. Like, uh, we don't do moments of the week for uh, main segments. And we never Literally has never happened. Uh, We don't even bring it up. If I had to do a moment of the week for the entire show, like all of Shush, it would be when uh, they're having that conversation and Switch says, I like boys. And Aubrey Plaza goes, why? Why? Yeah, it's a good question. Why would you like boys? What a moment in the culture where it's just like, that is the most confusing thing. I really feel like we are all wondering why heterosexual women still exist. Why would you do that to yourself? I have to say about that scene as well. There was a lot of chatter on the interwebs about the flea bag jumpsuit. Well, that's yesterday's news, everybody, because Aubrey Plaza's jumpsuit in this will bow to no other jumpsuit. It's such a good goddamn jumpsuit. Like, how? And the character that Fleabag is, is like, she is always thinking about the fact that she's wearing that jumpsuit. It's a lot. But the character that Lenny is, man, she doesn't give a shit. She's just going to wear that thing. She wears it playing drums at a point in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's so good. Uh, how do we feel about Switch? I fucking love her. First of all, the, cam- the camera loves her. 
but not only is she beautiful, but she's just got a very, very interesting look. And her whole aesthetic, her whole like yes. outfit choices. This is now the third or fourth character that Legion has given us that has like a, a, a like fashion aesthetic that is vaguely Jubilee. Yeah. And I always think that they're teasing us that they're going to give us a character that is Jubilee. And it never is. I'm so glad you said Belie. Because there was a pause there, and I was not sure about the type of clothes you were... Uh, I think that she is great. There's a lot of things that I think, uh, like, hack reviewers would say. She doesn't have a ton of agency, and with the time control thing, that sort of lowers the stakes. I don't care. Like, for someone to, like, hold my hand and walk me through this world, I would love if every single character on Legion for this season took a step down from, like, on the call sheet, and it was just switch in this world. Also, she... Sorry to, to interrupt, Taylor, but she right away goes on to a show that has, like, four of the most powerful mentalists of all time or whatever, but none of them can time travel. And so the fact that it suddenly introduces an element that makes her more powerful and, at the same time, introduces a limiting factor, which I'm very interested in, like, this time demon. Yes. That the time demon and her teeth? Yeah her, yeah, her teeth are fucked up. There's something... Yeah, I, I think that she... I think but beyond the time demon... She experiences some sort of decay yeah. moving through time, and I think that's what the tooth was. I think that that tooth fucking fell out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that uh, all time powers come from that specific tooth, and now she's lost all powers, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just that that's her first decay thing. The other thing that absolutely blew me away when I found this out is that this is her first like actual acting really jobs. She was on uh, like reality at you know, on Terrace House. That's the only other thing that she's done. Wow. That's awesome because she's just like, oh, this is what acting is. I just, uh, I will spend hours on the set crawling through a tube across the entire nation. Yeah. This is how it works. And we have seen on a lot of our shows how hard it is to take a non-actor and mm-hmm. put them in an acting yes. role. I think we could point to various characters. I don't want to do it, but I think we could point to various actors and actresses on a lot of our shows where they try to cast models and be like, this will be fine, and it's usually it's not. not. It's usually painful. But this is a perfect time to cast an unknown or a rookie or whatever because the face that she has throughout all of this is our face. Like, she's yeah. handling this pretty good. Yeah. Uh, now just entering this world of Marvel and superheroes and time travel and shit. Yeah, but, I, like, to be this your first job on a show that is has this budget with, like, enough buzz around it and to, like, steal the show, good on you. Like yeah, that's for sure. That's great, and I'm very excited to see what Switch does. Um, so let's talk about the the cult that they're running. <laughs> what's go, what's what's that? What's that blue juice? Well, <laughs> hey, hey, fellas, let's uh, quick segment. What's that blue juice? It is so reminiscent of the drug that David and Lenny do in the first couple of seasons, mm. where it's like you load some liquid into what looks like. Yeah, the, a, tu- a turtle. Yeah, like, like it's much like stoner culture. Like the paraphernalia all has like designs or whatever. But the drug they did a lot was this made up drug where it's, yeah, I forgot about that. Comes out of like a smoke machine. It's reminiscent of that. It seems like his he actually manifests like some sort of brain juice that his cult like gets high off of. Yeah, and it, it's like a physical thing. I think so that the audience can understand that he is, like, giving this Manson family 
like yes. good vibes. They they legit in the credits list some of the cast members as Manson girl number uh, one, and like they are hitting it very hard. But like uh, everybody had a bunch of complaints about uh, specifically the end of season two because now this guy we've been rooting for is a villain. Uh, oh, that's my favorite part. Oh yeah, I'm. That's the reason I'm tuned back in. Oh, the audience did not like that oh, at all. Really? Yeah, no. Oh, they, well, fuck the audience. This was the Peter Parker of this world, and you yeah. fucked us. Um, but watching the stuff that happens in this episode, you realize that no, that's always been the case. Yeah. Like he has always been this Manson-like person who is yeah. only comfortable if he can do if he's in control and gets control in like sort of fucked up ways where. It, you make him think that he earned it as opposed to he just forced you to be it. Yeah, and then he can create like a giant pig that shoots smoke out of its udders or whatever. Man. Is, is giant pig the whole hands of this season? I, they just never even... Fu- nobody guys. even looked at that pig and went like, that's unusual. Fucking explain that goddamn big pig. Well, we watch uh, Division 3. Is that what their name is? I th- yeah, the, the forces of division now uh-huh. is what David is calling them. The good guys. We watched them uh, raid this cult house like four or five times. There's probably ten times before that. The first time they were like, what the fuck is that pig? Guys, can somebody answer this question? Someone, hey, what's this pig? If I'm not mistaken, at the end of season two, David becomes a bad guy. But before they wrap season two... He gets shot to death by Sid in the same way that happens in this season, right? I really thought that was interesting. When this when this episode started, I was like talking to my wife. I was like, but he got shot and killed at the end of last season, right? And she's like, I feel like that's the sort of thing we'd remember. And then when it actually happened in this one, I was like, yeah, see? That's the thing. That's the thing I can't happened. believe you remembered anything from TV that you that, watched like a year and a half ago. That's the only the only thing I could remember. I'm like, he he becomes the bad guy because I personally was very impressed with that. And I liked this episode, but I think if the show were missing that dynamic, you guys know how I am about these shows. I would just give it up. Yeah. This is on a very short list of shows that I definitely would watch whether or not I came into this palatial studio and talked to you guys about it. And a big part of that reason is I want to see him as the bad guy because it just yeah. makes so much sense to me. Well, the other thing, too, the, the wrench of the gears is Farouk because – I understand that comic books have this long legacy of uh, we used to be enemies, but now we have to team up and fight a different, bigger thing. Yeah. But Farouk is like the most evil villain in the history of comic books. Like he is awful. He possessed a baby. So yeah. Are they just like, yeah, David's worse. We have to team up with Farouk or is Farouk in charge of David's cult in charge of division three? Like, is he just pulling all the, I, it's hard for me to believe that they're like, yeah, Farouk, come on. No, I think they are both the bad guy. Yeah. I think it's like Alien versus Predator. No matter who wins, we lose. But I do. But then we get to watch Alien versus Predator. Yeah, dude, that's, that's pretty good. I do also think that they. Uh, it seems like he has more autonomy now. Not but autonomy. Autonomy. Not autonomy. Uh, but I, I do think that at the end of last season, they did have some stuff where they were like, "We have him under a sort of control. Like we have some like some fail safes in check. But like we do trust him more than David at this point. And you know what else I think they're they're up against. Uh, this dude fucking slays on the screen. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, you can't cut him. He's Amal- the Urkel of the show. And I think it, it's like Loki scenario, Killmonger scenario. You start getting so good, and I'll say it, sexy in your role, that after a while, the audience is like, I don't care that you're bad, Darth Vader. I think you're rad, Darth Vader. So, like, uh, and That's I, think, a I, w- I wish you were my dad, dad Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. <laughs> uh, all right. So, we're about to wrap up, but we'll go around the horn. Thoughts on the rest of season three? Are you excited, Ryan? I am excited, but I think I'm about to do that Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing where the supposed lead 
is the least interesting part of the show. I want, I, I, I think I'm there. And David Holler, this episode is coming off as the uh, Marianne Williamson. Oh, uh, man. Uh, America's that, favorite is that a political witchy joke? Topical. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, he's just preaching fortune cookie things, but uh, the rest of the show is, I think, going to deal with what he is now as opposed to, I think we're done with his arc. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Okay. Greg? Uh, I'm very, very excited. I'm 100% in. There is not a single person on the show I don't want to bang. Uh, that's, and yes, that, that, that's true. That always helps out. And it's not just because they're all smoking hot. It's because the way they all carry themselves and just how... Or the, carry themselves. The, the, the double carry. Double uh, carry. The, the pervasive coolness of this show is, I think, still in full effect. And... I think that a lot of what we watch and like now is so strongly influenced by Legion, and I am excited to think that Legion might be able to end this, to get through this third season and end it, and not ever lose its touch. Maybe at times it started to get a little shaky last season, but I maybe I'm stupid, but I just have a strong feeling like this is going to be a really good Fingers season. Fingers crossed. But I think that its touch is like we're always going to have unexplained giant pigs, and we're always going to have the musical numbers. But there's like five character moments. The yes, where a cult is one. Yeah. But uh, Carrie, boy Carrie, just like put a mustache on him because that's what I, I put mustaches yeah. or uh, girl Carrie uh, testing out <laughs> autonomy's new like security system yeah. immediately. That that's why I keep coming back to Legion. There's like six breakout character moments in this episode. Yeah, uh, I'm very excited about it. And speaking of Marianne Williamson, I love that every season Sid looks more and more like a lost member of Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> so that is what I will continue to watch for. Now we will end this segment and move on to the next segment because that's how shows work. And the next segment is called the pull list. Now we're here in the pull list. This is the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Uh, kicking it off is Swamp Thing. Do we declare Swamp Thing ineligible for that draft? Do we, should he have been on one of our teams? I, I thought know, it was kind of assumed. Yeah, none of us picked Swamp Thing. But I think we, probably, we did reference him obliquely. Yeah, some, someone should have picked him. That Usually a, it's like the person is off limits, and he inspired it. So Yeah. On this week's episode of Swamp Thing, everyone is catching the green fever. (laughs) If you're scratched by someone who has the fever, you'll get it. And then start imagining all of your worst nightmares have come true. Meanwhile, Avery Sunderland adopts a child. What? To give to his wife just so he can get her money. Taste Buds ask you this. Which fear would the green fever use against you? Uh, Based on that description of the fever and my real life, uh, getting scabies again. Guys, again? Yeah, I've had. But you've already dealt with it, so you're fine. No, because they can come back and listen. If you've never had scabies, it is the fucking worst thing in the universe. Is that something you use like a little comb to get rid of? Uh, yeah. Well, you have to cover your entire body from like with scabies. What from like neck to toes in like this lotion and like leave it on for like eight hours and then wash it off and then do that again like two or three more times over the week and then like put all of your clothes in bags and wash every fabric in your house. But you understand, though, because it's a TV show, it's not just that you have the routine thing to do. Like It's just these creatures coming in through your windows and attacking you. Yeah, and they, like, also, elevate they it. also itch like a motherfucker, and I don't want it. I have, I've always wondered this about Pennywise, the guy from It. Um, I'm, the thing I'm most afraid of is heights. 
Oh. But that's like not very cinematic. Yeah. Like so I'm going to imagine I'm up in a high place. I mean, I would be very afraid so that it would work in that way. They but would probably just, just cut you from the film. That's not as scary as like is a it big spider. Bungee jumping because now you're at a great height and then now you're back at a great height. You know what I'm most afraid of? Scary movies. So that's what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> I, like my big fear is that I would have to like see Hereditary or Midsummer or something. Oh, man. So my big fear would just be like I'm just watching a scary movie. So you get this fever and all of a sudden you're in a theater, big bucket of popcorn, yeah. just chilling out watching this movie. And you but, think it's like a Scooby Doo movie. I saw the trailer for It Chapter Two, which Oof. is basically just one scene from the movie. I have to say that has fucked me up. That like old lady is that naked old lady scene? Oh yeah. Jesus Christ! I haven't seen this even. Did oh, you watch the man. Midsummer trailer? I did, yeah. I am, dude, I am like waiting on that wiki. I check Wikipedia every single day. Greg, I am truly so excited to go watch that movie and then to discuss it with you having only read the Wikipedia page. I, I think there's a lot about Hereditary that it's hard to tell somebody by, by doing a recap, but I feel like I got it. Yeah. Something about what I've what I've read in reviews about Midsummer, like, I don't think you can read a summary of what it is and really, like, have experienced it. I think it is, like gets in your head and just like the notion of what the reality of the movie is is so out of bounds greg you and i are both amc a list subscribers yeah thanks for pointing it out if you and i get in our vip lane go Uh see the movie and i will buy your large bucket of popcorn will you go with me no i can't (laughs) i've thought about what lately what i've thought about is like i could probably come up with 10 really scary movies that i'm too afraid to see but have legitimate interest in and i wondered what would happen if i watched all of them over the course of one weekend because i would get traumatized that's why i don't like these movies because they would like they scare me but maybe there would be so many traumatic things that only like it cancels out yeah maybe they wouldn't all stick or something or what about a thing called like greg flicks where you take this thing you interview right away and you check off all the stuff that really fucks you up Uh and then they send you an edited dvd of that movie that did exist for Christian families uh-huh. and for would, airplanes. Yeah, well, well, like you could get VHSs of the movies, and it would just like cut out whenever people said like a bad word or anything. And the story just and they got a bunch of trouble, right? Uh, they got sued by because they were keeping all the profits from that. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were just cutting somebody else's movie. Yeah, I think, I think I think it's called like Clean Flicks or anything. Anyway, Ryan, what's the moment of the week? My moment of the week is. The guy that is introduced in this episode, who is the first to get green fever, God damn it, guys! This every episode of the show has got something fucked up. Um, he's afraid of snakes. Oh no! Uh, and he nope, nope, he works nope. in a restaurant, and uh, he thinks that his arm is a snake. Oh fuck! Oh no! And so when we are in his vision, he is trying to and successfully cutting up a snake. Yeah, good for him. But when we go back to the employee's vision, he is just jamming a knife into his arm as many times as possible, oh. and then eventually taking his shredded arm. And putting it into a garbage disposal, of course, so he can light the snake up. My, oh man, I cannot believe how uh, a low budget shitty show like Swamp Thing did this this well. It was what do you mean disgusting. low budget? The budget for this was eighty million dollars for a season. Yeah, but didn't that's eight million dollars an episode? But forty million of that was a tax deferral by uh, Georgia and, or whatever, and the rest went to Ian Zeering. So yeah, <laughs> you got to get that Zeering money. Uh, I have read two different books where a character puts his arm in a garbage disposal. It's Don't classic. Like it. uh, I will say that I did appreciate the nightmare horror because you know one guy's a Vietnam vet, and so we go back there. Everybody has their different things. They did a re- they did a lot better job of that than the one scene of body horror. Like there's some ideas on this show. It's actually pretty good. All right, uh, Swamp Thing is on. Uh, DC Universe, which it, it only got one season, so watch it. It's pretty good. Your next show this week is iZombie. On uh, this week's episode of iZombie, Liv eats the brain of a 90s beauty pageant queen, and she is clueless. Uh-oh. Meanwhile, Liv's dad is trying to get off the stuff, 
stuff is drugs. And that one lady is taking it one step further by murdering zombies. Taste buds, I'm going to ask you to choose your own taste bud. Do you want to talk about 90s beauty pageant queens, deadbeat dads, or hair dyeing? 90s beauty pageant queens, please. Agreed. Okay, so they, want, they clearly want Liv to be in Alicia Silverstone for this episode. Yeah. Yes. But she has to eat the brain of somebody who was a beauty pageant queen in 1995. So we're to believe that if you won that pageant, got the sash, your brain stayed the same for 25 years at this point? I, th- I think so, yeah. That's- Based on what I've seen about beauty pageant people, I do think you kind of get like frozen in place. You're just yeah. stuck there. And they yeah. also die very soon after, yeah, they from, di- from my understanding. <laughs> they die as soon as they walk off the stage. Regular Tara Grinstead. Or as soon as their brain gets eaten. Yes, that too. All hard, right, well, it's hard to live through that. Was uh, point of order? Was she secretly smart though? Because I feel like if you really want to do clueless, like Emma was fucking smart. She was Emma, Emma from the book Emma. Uh, she was. I wouldn't say smart. I would say very like she seems like she's a bitch who makes fun of everyone. Yeah, but uh, she actually she's secretly like very supportive and nice. That's the big secret. But Mo- still dumb. Moment of the week. Uh, my moment of the week has to go to this dad, um, who. Liv finally met her dad, and it's a guy with uh, an entirely gray beard, but dyes dyes his hair bright, bright red, like fake red. And if you do that, you are the villain. Like, that looks so unnatural that no one can ever be nice to you. I I agree. iZombie is on The CW on Wednesday nights. Your next show this week is Krypton. This week on Krypton, the Rebels gain advantage against General Zod, and Seg goes head-to-head with Brainiac. Krypton, check it out. It's a show. Krypton's on Sci-Fi Network. Your next show this week is Jessica Jones. The second episode of Jessica Jones is the Trish half of the first episode. Trish and Jessica fight the guy in roughly the same section of the show that they did last week, but now we get to see how Trish got to that apartment and what she did afterwards. Taste bud, I ask you this. Are you okay with the fact that Jessica Jones is basically a three-year origin story for Hellcat? You know what? Hellcat! I like Hellcat! Hellcat! It's surprising. I did not see that coming, especially because everyone loves Christian Ritter, and everyone loves her performance. And I cannot believe, looking back at the first two years and two episodes, how much time was dedicated to the slowest burn origin story in superhero history. You guys were pretty high on the first episode of this show. Is has the momentum kept up? I mean, it's weird because it was just the first episode. Yeah. Like we have not moved on. It was the back half. It was the other side. And so I guess so. I didn't know that coming in, but I think that they're they're finally figuring out how Trish is interesting. And yeah. that's the only like because they've ruined the stakes. We know how the episode will end. It's just a character piece. And I think they did a good job. Is Trish's horrible mom in this episode? Yes. Fuck, dude. Don't like that. That is such a good character because I like if I saw that lady, I would like be angry with her. The other thing too that I realized from watching these two is that the actual thing, it's not a Jessica Jones story, it's not a Hellcat origin story. It's it's the odd coupliness of Jessica and Trish. And not like, isn't that funny, aren't they a wacky pair? But like how at a certain point best friends just grow into each other and need each other. Like there can't be one without the other. Oh, that's nice. And they both hate that. Do you have a moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week is probably Malcolm, who is trying to come to terms with the fact that he's a fixer now, but leaning in the wrong direction and sort of getting off on the fact that uh, he had to push a client or somebody who his uh, law firm was suing into playing ball. And so he just tortures this guy. He says, uh, you're a criminal. And also your son uh, doesn't know that he's not your son. And I, if you don't do exactly what I say, 
I'm going to call the son and I'm going to like tell him in the slowest way possible that you are not his father and that you're a piece of shit. And I thought this was going to be a whole redemption thing for Malcolm, but it's bad right now, guys. Oof. So last week he was keeping someone from playing ball. <laughs> and this week he was making someone play ball. Wow. That is true. Seems like he's a real regular umpire. All right, Jessica Jones is on Netflix. We're watching it week by week. Your next show this week is Fear the Walking Dead. This week on Fear the Walking Dead, Strand destroys an airplane and Daniel forgives him. Meanwhile, (laughs) Alicia's group discovers that a group of kids is running the area, and they fly off in a helicopter. Weird, right? Looks like they might be setting up for a crossover with the regular Walking Dead, but who cares? (laughs) Fear the Walking Dead's on AMC on Sunday nights. They lock down planes and choppers all in the same episode. Yeah, they've got it both. They're they're a regular air force going on in the (laughs) post-apocalypse. Your next show this week is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. On the second greatest episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of all time, Fitz and Simmons are reunited, albeit in a Chronicon white room simulator thing. They have so much to catch up on, they almost forget that relationships are really about arguing with each other (laughs) and and then finding out how horribly fucked up your partner is. For these two, that fucked upness comes in the form of Nazi Leo from the framework and Ringu Jimma, which is the box that she pushed all of her issues into come to life. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Are Fitz and Simmons the greatest, most developed relationship in television history? Well, I mean, that's a lot, Taylor. That's oh, you're right. You've I'm overstepped. S- that's I'm crazy. So, I'm so sorry that that's I have an insane thing this to say. insane thing to question. This uh, feels like an episode that dealt with a lot of this show's continuity. Mm-hmm. Like this show is like really engaged with itself. And I think that they're realizing that like we are sort of because we're a TV show. We have some action scenes, but it's all about the characters. But really, we only did two right. Out of our whole ensemble, we did two characters right, and any time that they can get Fitz and Simmons together, I can't believe how well it works. And I can't believe how, uh, how they're dealing with the fact that uh, being in a relationship in a superhero world is hard, but not that much different than mine, guys. Probably not that much different than yours. Uh, it was crazy. Yeah, it's just like being alone? <laughs> uh, on, Speak to that. I watched the first episode of Los Spookies uh-huh. uh, this week, and the... Clear breakout character. The guy with the blue hair and the earring. The guy of that chocolate family. Julio Torres. He, yeah. uh, that guy is incredibly funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, rewriting deadpan. Yeah. Right? He's doing such a good job. He is, like, his real personality in real life is a hilarious woodland creature. And I can't <laughs> believe, like, he seriously has expanded my understanding of comedy just by, like, following him on Twitter. And he's also on one of the late night shows. I he, don't remember. He does weird bits on a late night show. Sorry to interrupt. I just like that guy so much. He's very good. In the first episode, he mentions that like they're all giving him shit about his new boyfriend and what a twerp he is. And the guy says, like, <laughs> oh, being in a relationship is just ignoring all of your partner's foibles for two to five years. <laughs> like it's very specifically two to five years. <laughs> and then you deal with them, and that sucks. Like that's hard at the end of the thing, but it does make for a great first two to five years. And that's what we got to watch Fitz and Simmons do is just scream at each other. In the meantime, because they're in this white room where anything can happen, guns, more guns. Uh, Fitz or Simmons says the wrong thing and uh, the girl becomes a seven-year-old. And now she's reacting to Fitz as a seven-year-old. And they just scream at each other the entire... It's not that much different than a real relationship. Uh Not in a creepy way, but so many... They call each other poop face so much that this was the episode of the week by far. Uh, Well, you're wrong. Uh, What's your moment of the week? My moment of the week is that uh, bad Fitz is the guy from the framework, the Nazi version, and Bad Simmons is her from Ringu, like Samara with all the hair. And so they're both trying to attack the two at the same time. And uh, 
they both talk to each other and like, this is my kill. Back the fuck up. I'm Nazi Leo. And she's like, I'm Ringu Simmons and you need to get out. And finally, the real Fitz and Simmons escape. And when they come out, the two are fucking hardcore on the floor. <laughs> they are going at it. And it brought up like, how long do you stand and watch you and your wife's like psychopath others fuck like do you have to get out of the room right away or do you stay in there for a oh, minute I'm and probably, learn probably some lessons. too long i'm gonna uh, yeah it's gonna i'm probably gonna get in trouble <laughs> yeah like, some, something's gonna be wrong like they're gonna be done and then they're gonna get up and be evil again and i'm gonna be like oh i oh, should have left that was there was an opportunity now i have to try to run fully torqued and then you have to ask do you want evil me or evil you because we're going at these two next <laughs> oh yeah there's gonna, yeah. There's my gonna wife and i just stand there and then after they're done raise our hand and go like we got next there's gonna be some swips and swaps and mix them up <laughs> agents of shield is on abc Crazy, right? <laughs> Your next show this week is Lucifer. This week on Lucifer, Lucy tries and fails to break up with Eve by being a bad boyfriend before realizing that it's way easier to break up with someone by just telling them how you feel. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, Maze dates and Amenadiel takes a kid in trouble under his wing to rescue him from drug dealers and a false murder charge, but is helpless to stop the kid from being tragically gunned down. Taste buds, I ask you this. What what the fuck? Where did this come from? From Lucifer? So do you remember, guys? A couple years ago, we got that Brooklyn Nine Nine episode with Terry Crews. Yeah, yes. this was Lucifer's version of that. Uh, they swung. I wouldn't say strikeout. No. I wouldn't say home run. They yeah. tried. It, it it was not. Uh, I I wouldn't say it was the best, uh, most incredible episode ever. But I it did more than I expected from a show like Lucifer. Would you say it was Lucy or Goosey? That is the eternal question. Yeah, I think it was definitely Lucy. Um, the like the actual soap opera drama of the thing where the kid actually gets shot that was a little heavy handed. Yeah, it's the conversations in between that I really bought. Where like right. Amendiel, an angel from heaven, is like, "What do you mean you're gonna get in trouble? You're just a kick ass black child from Los Angeles. Oh, You'll be man. fine forever." Yeah, that that scene where uh, the kid is getting arrested and Amendiel is like about to get shot by police because he does not understand the plight of African-Americans in America. And the kid was not earning an Emmy. The kid was, like, legit upset. Like, how do you not understand how fucked I am right now? Yeah, because, uh, like, Amanda was like, you're going to be fine. Like, I don't understand why you're when upset. When the cops show up, just approach them right away and tell yeah. them what the situation is. But Amanda was like, no, this is a misunderstanding, and I would like to discuss it with you further. Like, yeah. dude. And the cops are like, we're going to shoot you. <laughs> yeah. You know our <laughs> reputation, right? Yeah, and, like, the only reason that Amanda did not get shot was fucking Detective Dan showed up and was like, don't worry, we're cool. He's one of the good ones, essentially. I thought it was... Uh, like better than I thought it would be on Lucifer. Yes. is what I would say. Uh, real quick, uh, Lucifer tries to get Eve to break up with him, and so acts like a normal dude. And I want to see how many of these things you guys do on a regular basis, oh, just shit. being yourself. Oh shit! Uh, it, the montage starts with him at a fantasy football draft, yep. just with friends. Okay, yep. that, that one. He got that one. No, uh, you know what? I'm out of that one. Drinking way too much, make out with a different girl at the bar, playing video games, eating disgusting shit on the couch, and then lack of proper grooming. You left out the part where he watches Dukes of Hazard slash Cannonball Run. Oh, I thought that was her pick. Was that his pick? I think that was his pick. So just terrible TV from your youth, I guess. Okay, so yeah. I've done the Cannonball Run one. Uh, I've never had the opportunity or inclination to make out with somebody else. I don't drink a ton anymore, but I used to be a binge drinker. So that's a lot of them. I, I think grooming, I think I'm okay on that one. Oh, video games? Yeah, do that too much. I wonder about the grooming. I wonder how often she's like... Dude, shower, please. Shave, please. I feel like I don't do a lot of these. 
folks, why am I single? What's <laughs> yeah. going on? What am I doing wrong? What's <laughs> wrong with me? What's I think <laughs> I think you are not old enough yet to be appreciated by women in your cohort. You know what? I I'm going to take that and I'm just going to run with it. Yeah. Yeah, right where you're at right now, age and personality, you should be going for 40 or 20. Especially, I, listen, I, I tried 20 for a while. Uh-huh. Can't do Don't it. Don't 20. No. Can't do it anymore, guys. It, it's not good. Yeah. 40 or 50? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I think you would clean up with the 40-year-old honeys. Look, guys, I'm, I'm bumping that Tinder, that Tinder profile up. They'd rip you apart as if you were a villain on Swamp Thing, but oh, yeah. it would be worth it. Yeah, I'd be fine. Yeah, I'd just get torn right in half yeah. and then just come back as a bunch of bugs. Oh, I love being, bu- <laughs> I love being a bunch of bugs. <laughs> Ryan... We have to wrap up. What's your moment of the week? Oh, man. I really like this episode, but my moment of the week is probably, um, yet again, people can't help but fall in love with Eve. Every oh, episode man. since she was introduced, she meets a new person. I believe this time was Dr. Linda. Yes. And it's, it's very serious. Like, we're in couples therapy. We have, to, we have to treat this for reals. And by the end, Dr. Linda's like, Eve, I love you. It's, uh, that, that scene is also my moment of the week. It's specifically the moment where they're talking and Eve just like, and like how he takes the wrong like lesson from everything yes! you say. Yes. And Dr. Linda's like, yes, how does he do it every time? And they uh-huh. immediately bond. I, I really like Eve on this show. I hope she doesn't go away. And uh, I'm going to give second banana to Lucifer's face, both in the therapy thing and when realizing that uh, Amendiel needs to go get some violence done. Oh, yeah. Lucifer has just like this very understanding. I guess this is my life face in both those parts. And when he says, I'll drive. Yeah. <laughs> Brothers. Brothers. Uh, Lucifer is on Netflix. We're watching it week by week. That is it for this show, fellas. We have wrapped it all up. We did it. Next week, we're going to be watching Fear the Walking Dead, you guys. (laughs) And I can't promise that anyone's going to split a bullet on an axe Will Will there be an airplane and or helicopter? I feel like, okay, on this show, there's been airplanes, trains, helicopters, Like, I think at this point, it's just going to be like, tune in next week for a new crazy auto. Hovercraft? Harrier? What if there's a Harrier? I I think it's going to be like a fucking dirigible that they're going to compose. Wait, like the Australian instrument? Yes. They're going to float around on that? I would love hovercraft because with a hovercraft, you could run over a zombie. And then as as you go by, the zombie would just get back up. (laughs) Like, you won't even mow them down. It's like like sustainable post-apocalypse transport. (laughs) And do that thing where they're on their back and then pop up onto their feet. Oh, yeah, for sure. Can you guys do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Watch me flop around on the ground for 20 <laughs> minutes. Dude, real quick. Uh, so tune in next week where we're going to watch Fear the Walking Dead and probably enjoy it. I don't understand why there would be anything that we didn't enjoy about an episode of Fear the Walking Dead. For Ryan, I'm Greg. Is it nap time? For Greg, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, the world. Listen, folks, date Taylor. Date? Just yes. fucking date Taylor. Like, I don't want to like, tell anybody their business, but like, he kind of pisses me off that you guys are not dating Taylor when he very explicitly is like, please date me. And look, that, that date is not going to be fun. But the table next to you, me and Greg watching, that's going to be a fun table. Right? We're going to be having a blast. Listen, I don't understand why when I uh, compare myself to... Like say, uh, I call myself David the, Bowie. Like if, if I if I say that I'm the John Cena of guys who work out two times a year, mm-hmm. I understand why that's not a huge turn on. Or like when I tell someone, I think that you remind me a lot of my roommate. <laughs> I don't I don't get why that people don't think. Yeah, I should date this guy. I should I should find out what what more is in there. <laughs> There's got to be something else. I hope there is. All right, that's the show. <laughs>